Good morning, a good Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Truma. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Zohar. Ah, and Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Zayin Oder, and the day that Moshe Rabbeinu's Yorzeit, and as we know, Moshe Rabbeinu's birthday. So as we always say, we try to get Chizuk from the Parsha, and since we have such great, great days, that we're entering into, we are filled with joy, filled with simcha, that the Rebbe Hashem is mezakas with such great, great opportunities. We should use these opportunities to grow as much as we can and to be able to bring into the world all the Yeshuas and all the Refuas for everyone in Kala Yisrael and for the whole entire world. Just a quick vart that we're fond of saying, Nageya, to the uh, Zion other. We know that the reason why Haman Harasha picked it was happy when he when he made the girl, he made the lottery, Shem Hapur, was because it, it ended up being the month of other. And he said the month of other is a very auspicious day in a negative fashion because it's the day that Moshe Rabbeinu dies. It's the month that Moshe Rabbeinu dies. Just a Maimar Muska, just to mention that. Uh, my great Rebbe, Rav Moshe Feinstein, who was named after Moshe Rabbeinu. So uh, his birthday was also on Zion Oder, if I'm not mistaken. They say that's one of the reasons why they named him Moshe. And he always used to, they say that he always felt very, very much that he had the responsibility of the generation, just like Moshe Rabbeinu had the responsibility of Claudius. So he also felt since he was born on that day. Um, so anyway, the question that they raise is that the Gemara says in Masechta Megillah and in, in other places in Shas, the Gemara mentions that Haman was happy when it came the month of Adar, because the month of Adar, Zion Adar was the day that Moshe Rabbeinu died. And the Gemara says it was the day that he died, but he didn't realize it was also the day that he was born, that he was born. The Gemara says, Yom and the question is, well, we always try to raise the question in such a fashion that if if Haman was such a historical historian and he knew the Jewish calendar, he knew that Moshe Rabbeinu was, died on that day, he also should have known that Moshe Rabbeinu was born on that day. So, you know, it was a really a good day also because it was the day that the Moshe Rabbeinu was born, which is what the Gemara says. He didn't realize Moshe Rabbeinu was born. So what are we going to say? That Haman wasn't a good student. He didn't know all the information. But we we always say over, I think it's over from one of the Gary Rebbe's, the Rebbe's, Gary Rebbe says, interesting insight. When it says, Yom Shemespa, Yom Shemayladbay, it's teaching us a fantastic lesson that we realize that when a tzaddik leaves this world, the Gemara says, Ispashtusa Demosha Bechol that the day of the yard site is the day when Moshe Rabbeinu's neshama is now carried over, and in every generation there's another Moshe Rabbeinu, as we said before, maybe Rav Moshe Feinstein was like also able to bring the neshama of Moshe Rabbeinu into the world. Every generation has the hispastus of Moshe Rabbeinu. By Klal Yisrael, the yard site is a day where we recognize <coughs> that there are koiches that are brought into the world that we can tap into. And the Pshat in the Gemara, when the Gemara says, Yom Shemais Ba Yom Shenoi Ledbay, 
is not necessarily that it was the day that he was born, but every yard site carries with it a birth that is born into Klal Yisrael. And this was the difference. By Haman, who only believed in Olam Hazeh, and there is no world to come, and there is no Ispashtus, which happens after a person leaves this world. So therefore he was happy. Sure he knew that there was his birthday, but the birthday didn't have any importance to him, because the main thing was that there was an end to Moshe Rabbeinu. And therefore he thought that Yom Shemesboi is the finality of it. But we understand Yom Shemesboi is Yom Shemesboi. The Yom Shemesboi carries within it all of the later of Moshe Rabbeinu. And therefore this is a great joy for us that we can uh, elevate ourselves on this day. Zion Adar. And it's interesting that Zion Adar and the mitzvah of Mechias HaMolek and Parshas Truma are all bunched into one entity this year. We should try our utmost to be able to see things in the Parsha and to be able to grow from them. The Parsha begins in Parshas Truma and we say, V'yikhuli Truma the Rabbanishim create the Rabbanishim commands Klal Yisrael they should take for him a truma. And the famous Rashi, Rashi says Darbel Ben Yisrael Yikli Truma. Rashi says two words Yikli Truma Li Lishmi. You should take me Lishmi for my name. The simple understanding is that when we accept the truma from the Mishkan, it has to be for the sake of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. We're not giving it for other reasons. We're giving it purely for the sake of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And um, the question is, why is it that when they gave for the Mishkan, it had to be purely L'Shem Shemayim? We know there's a halacha that um, person is allowed to give, um, even tzedakah person is allowed to give if a person wants to get honor, a person wants to get glory, now for sure, a person shouldn't do it for those reasons. But we say, we, we, we honor people, and we give them honor, and we try to, to, to praise people, and people are, are, are relate to the concept of praise, and they sometimes give it because they want to get their name up in the lights. So why is it over here that by the Mishkan, it had to be purely L'Shem Shemayim? So I'm always fond of saying over, that uh, I think Rav Schwab says that over here, the Mishkan is the Makam of Hashvah, it's the Makam of Chinuch for Klal Yisrael. All of the Kalim, which we maybe will discuss it, parts of them uh, as, we fur- as we go on further in this tape, are all elements of how we're supposed to elevate ourselves, how we're supposed to educate ourselves, and how a Jew is supposed to be able to be connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Therefore, it's a place of Chinuch. And if you hear it, there's a Yisoy. The Yisoy is when it comes to Chinuch. Chinuch, a person has to have pure thoughts. He has to have lofty thoughts. A person shouldn't be addressing the issue of education, of Chinuch. Chinuch for himself and Chinuch for his children and for the future generations in a Shalolishma concept. Could be when it comes to a person's individual mitzvahs, you'll not do it Shalolishma. But not when you're creating a, a place of education. And we always say over what the Tosfos says over in Masech Chagiga, the famous story of the father of Achir, Elisha ben Avuya. So Avuya was once at a bris, and at that bris, the great Tanoi Rebbelezer and Beshua were there, and they were involved with talking and learning. And the Gemara says, the Tosfos brings down a Yushalmi and Chagiga, 
that the Elisha's father, when he saw it, he was amazed about the Esh that came down from the Shemayim, like it was Yorad Misinai. They were so involved in learning, a fire came down from heaven. And he said that if he will be Zohar to have a child, he will bring him up for Torah. And therefore, his intent was because of the of covet and honor. It wasn't purely for the intent of um, learning Torah for the sake of heaven, but it was in order because he saw something which was which was majestic, and he wanted to be connected to that. And that was Shalom Hashem Shemayim. The question is, why should that be something which would be negative? And Elisha ben Avuya Acher becomes a person who goes off the derech. Even though the Gemara gives other reasons, but from the Yishalmi, it's Mashu, because of his, his father's imperfect intent at the at the the time when he asked that he should have a son. So the Mefarshim say, as I heard over from a great Yid once, that the Pshat is when you're bringing up a child, it has to be with pure intent. The same you said, and since Elisha's father, Elisha ben Avuya, Avuya had improper in, in intentions. So therefore, that affected the education of his child. His child was brought up in imperfect fashion. So we see when it comes to chinuch, a person has to elevate himself. and We have to go with the pure intents. I want to have everything done purely l'shem shemayim. Another aspect of favorite word we ought to say over from the chidah and other mafarshim say it, that the pshat in, in v'yikholi truma is l'shmi, teaching us a lesson in tzedakah, that tzedakah always carries with it the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why is that? Because in tzedakah, we have the, the four letters of Hashem, the Shem Havaya. The hay, the hay represents the five fingers of the, of the wealthy person who's giving the tzedakah. The Vav represents the arm when he takes his arm and he stretches it out. The Yud represents the Pruta, the denomination that he's giving and the hay represents the five fingers, the hand of the ani. And every single time that a person gives tzedakah, he's giving the he's bringing the shame havaya into the world. The hay of his five fingers, the vav of the outstretched arm, the yud of the pruta, combined with the hay of the ani. And this is what the mud, the medrash says. The medrash says, usher verush nifkeshu. When the usher and the rush they gather together. So maybe Kulam Hashem, they all bring together Hakadosh Baruch Hu's name. So this is another aspect that we should recognize that when a person gives tzedakah, especially in these trying times, when we need to be aware of those people who are un, who are less fortunate than us, and if we have an ability to give tzedakah to whatever ability we have, we should realize that when we're giving tzedakah, we're bringing Hashem into the world. Not just the giving of tzedakah. We're really elevating the whole act of tzedakah. And that's what the Torah is telling us over here. Take for me, Lishmi, take my actual name. This is Givaldi, Givaldi, a lesson that we will learn. Parashat Shumat speaks about the different kalim of the Mishkan. We mentioned before some of the kalim were the Aran, the Menorah, the Mizbeach, and the Shulchan, and the Kaparis that also had the Kruvim, which was on top of the Aran. Now, each one of these items is a tremendous, tremendous lesson for us. I'm just going to quickly say over something that I saw in the Sefer from Rav Schlesinger. And again, it follows with the concepts that we said before, that the building of the Mishkan was to build a place which Klal Yisrael 
could be completely, completely connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Aaron is the highest level. And that's the reason why that's the first one of the Kalim that we should make, because it represents the blueprint of the world, the blueprint of our entire being, which is the Torah. The Aaron represents the Shnei Luchas Ha'edus, and that is where the Torah is kept. And that's the highest and that's kept in the Kachi Kadosh. And that was the first Chiv was to create the Aaron. The Menaira, Rev Schlesinger says an interesting pshat. The Menaira is taking the light of the Torah and spreading it out. And what did the Menaira have on it? It had Kaftorim, Uprocheha, it had different buttons, it had different flowers. And he says that represents the children, that we should spread out the Torah into our own families. And throughout Klai Yisrael, if we were able to teach Torah, so Menorah, the Menorah represents the Messiahs of Torah, of the giving of the light of the Torah, and spreading it out, not only for ourselves, but spreading it out to the wider Tzibor, to the children, to the, or the, consider the Prachim, and consider the buttons. The Mizbeach, the Mizbeach where the Karbanas are brought, that represents the aspect of Messiahs Nefesh of Klai Yisrael, that Klai Yisrael throughout the generations have always been Messiah Nefesh, for mitzvahs, we literally we make sacrifices. The only way that we can get through the travails of the gullus is only through the mesivus nefesh. And every single one of us, we are uh, recipients of the mesivus nefesh of our previous generations that they were mosa nefesh to keep the Torah under all circumstances. And this is a tremendous, tremendous lesson for us. And this is what we have to bring to the table as well. Literally, bring to the Mizbeach as well. The sh- to bring Mesiris Nefesh into our lives, and that our children should see that when we're Mesiris Nefesh, that will also elevate them. The last item we're going to speak about is the Shulchan. The Shulchan represents the bringing together of the Gashmias and the Ruchnias. The Shulchan represents the Lechem upon him. It represents the bringing of bread the Gashmias, which we need in order, in Kemach, in Torah, but we do it in the in the in the elevation of the of the of the of the Shulchan in the Beis Hamikdash, which shows us that the purpose is in order to elevate ourselves, in order to have a Ruchni sticker concept. And these, we give we give over all these messages that the first thing is the Torah, the second thing is the Shulchan. The second thing is the, is the Menorah. The next thing is the Mizbeach. The next thing is the Shulchan. Then we're going to create a Mishkan for ourselves, like the Pasuk says, v'shachanti b'soycham. In the mitzvah of the Aaron, we find that it says that we should make the Badim, and the Badim have to be the poles that they used to carry the Aaron with. You were not allowed to remove them. They always had to remain in its places, which was unlike the other badim, which we find, like let's say by the Shulchan, which you were allowed to remove them. Why Dafka the Oren? Rebbe Simcha from Devinsk says an unbelievable insight, and there's an additional insight from the Chafetz Chaim, which will help to flesh this out for us. The Meshachachma says that we have a mistake sometimes. We think that when we support the Torah, that we are we are the supporters of the Torah. We have to recognize that the Aron, which represents the Torah, was Naisayas Naisav. We know the people that carried the Aron, they themselves didn't carry it. Literally, it carried the holders of the Torah. And the Meshachachma says that's the reason why the Badim have to be constantly inside, because they're completely, completely attached, because it's not you that are creating 
the dynamics of the carrying of the Torah. Therefore, you put the poles in and you start carrying the Torah. No, the poles are attached to the Oren and you hold on to it and you will be carried with it. It will carry you. And what's the concept behind it? The Chafetz Chaim says, as the Pesach says, Eitz Chaimi l'machazikim ba v'samichel me'ushar. The people that support the Torah, they are an integral part, a partnership together with the ones that learn the Torah. And therefore, they have to be constantly, constantly attached to the same values. A muscle, the muscle is a person is drowning in the sea, and all of a sudden, a, a, a board comes by, a piece of wood, and is able to hold on to the board. Who's holding on to who? Is the, is the person being machzik the board, or is the board being machzik the person? For sure, in such a situation, we recognize when we're drowning that the board is really what's keeping me alive. And this is the attitude we have to have. When we have an opportunity to be partners in the Torah, we should recognize that it's not our support which is supporting the Torah, but the support that we give allows us to be able to be carried with the Torah. The Torah is really the wood that's supporting us. And there's two unbelievable mices that I saw brought down. One was a bacher that came to learn in Yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael, and his father told him you can learn for two years, then you have to come back, and then you have to start college. After the second year, he went back, and he told his father, okay, I really would like to go, but I really would like to continue. And the father was a good father. He said, you know what? I'll allow you to learn for another two years until you're chasna. Ended up going to Lakewood. He learned for another two years, and then he got married. And then at the chasna, or before the chasna, the father saw that the son was despondent. And he said to him, I know why you're despondent, because you want to continue to learn. I want to tell you, I'm going to allow you to learn for five years. And he gave him five years of learning. And during the course of the first year, after the father had said this, the father had had, the father seemed had a bit, was a businessman, and he had, unfortunately, had a heart attack. But in a very short time, he recovered, and the doctors were amazed at his recovery. And for the next five years, the father had perfectly good health. At the end of the five years, the son, he had been given five years to learn in Kailo, already his family was starting, and he decided to start going to school and to get a degree, maybe already had taken some courses before, I'm not sure what it is. Unfortunately, suddenly, the father had a major heart attack, and the father passed away. And some people said that those five years that he supported the son in learning, it wasn't the shot that he was supporting the son in learning. The son's learning was supporting him. It could very well be that when he had that heart attack originally, really it, was, it would have been decreed normally that he should pass away. But he decided that what? He's going to support Torah. If you support Torah, then the Torah supports you. I know this is one of these stories that we have to take into context, but the attitude is the attitude we have to have. Rav Shach Setzal, when he would, was over 100 years old, he would still walk up to the yeshiva. He would try his utmost to get to the yeshiva, to get there for davening, even though he already was old and frail. There's a picture that took place this way, Yibadol Chaim Tov Maruchim, of Rav Gershon Edelstein, Shlita, who's in his late 90s, walking in the rain to go give shir in the yeshiva. And it's a really an amazing, amazing thing. Rav Shach was asked, why is it that he he pushes himself at such an old age to go to the yeshiva? Everyone understands that he's older and he should stay at home and, and save his kaychas. So he says, he realizes that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving him these years, not necessarily because of his chus, but it could be it's the chus that when he goes into the yeshiva and the yeshiva Baruch Hu see him davening, and they see his 
upon him. It gives them chizuk for them to continue to learn. That gives him the life-giving forces, as we said before, I want to end off the just to mention a few things, because we're not necessarily going to be able to give out a tape next week. I'm not sure what's going to be the matzah of everybody. Just want to mention something I saw in a sefer called Matnas Moshe from Rav Moshe Zaks Zetzal, who was a great Rav here in Yerushalayim, used to come to Ner Yaakov to speak. And he mentioned some interesting things Nagat to the Megillah. The Megillah, which we're going to have, as I said last night, we're all going to lay the Megillah on the same day, next Thursday night and next Friday night. So first of all, we think we see one thing, that if one person, the Megillah teaches that if one person acts properly, you could, cha- you could change the world, you could save Klai Yisrael. One person, a Mordechai, a tzaddik, who kept everything the way you're supposed to, and he was able to influence Esther, and there, therefore the change took place. One person, Rabbi saying, one person does the proper thing, we could change clients. So it's a lesson for us. Also, when a person goes and he asks from the tzaddikim, the tzaddik is able to give the proper aid. So just like we saw that by Esther, Esther kept what Mordechai said, that she should not reveal her name and should not reveal where, where she not reveal where she comes from. When you keep the 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 dictates and the tzivuyim of the Talmidah Chachamim, then Klai Yisrael is saved. We also see another unbelievable thing, that Klai Yisrael accepted the Torah me'ahava at that time. And therefore, <coughs> we instituted that till today, we give Shalachmanas, we give Matanas Levyanim, because we want to keep that same aspect, that just like a person, just like Klai Yisrael was able to accept the Torah, because they, they were able to, um, to be together, so we want to try to be together. So it's an unbelievable thing. We know that this was the Kimu Vekiblu Kvar. We accepted the Torah again, just like at Har Sinai. When it comes to Purim, we should realize when we're giving the Shalach Manas, when we're giving the Matanas Levyanim, we are now re-accepting the Torah Mi'ava. The last aspect is, that if we want to get rid of Amalek, we have to realize that Amalek only comes about because of coldness. Asher Karcha Baderech when the Torah is learnt or the Torah is kept, unfortunately not with enthusiasm. Then Amalek has the ability to infiltrate. But when a person has a happy heart and has warmth and shares it with others and gives matanus levyanim and we all are ki'ish echad belev echad, then Amalek is not able to overpower us. Abayzai, I want to wish everybody that they should have a Levalik Shabbos we should be zaychet at the warmth of the Shabbos, the warmth of the mitzvahs, the warmth of the of the upcoming great yontif of Purim should warm up all of us, no matter where you are. I know it's cold and it's snowing in America. We wish that everyone should be safe. We should be zaychet mitz Hashem, not only to a good Shabbos, but to the gula shleim of Meir Yemen Amen, wishing everyone a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. Thank you for listening to this Foundation's podcast production. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.